This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Hawes. Hello, everybody. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. And hopefully later on, we'll have Will Bentley joining me for another little review. Uh, We're going to kick off with uh, Christmas, Bloody Christmas. Then we're going to move on to the long-awaited Mad Heidi. Uh, A film called Bitch Ass is next, followed by... uh, Savage Justice, featuring a certain Robert De Niro in his um, DTV debut. Uh, then we got a film called Ash and Bone, and rounding off with another Christmas movie, Nut Oh, and he's called a Nutsacker, uh, Nutcracker <laughs> Massacre. Um, our short shot this week is Speed Dating, and we're going to end on our DTV throwback with another bit of uh, Christmas with Santa's sleigh. So, without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film, then, is Christmas Bloody Christmas. It's Christmas Eve, and Tori just wants to get drunk and party. But when a robotic Santa Claus at a nearby toy store goes haywire and begins a rampant killing spree through the small town, she's forced into a battle for survival. Okay, guys, this is directed by Joe Bagos, who's no stranger to the DTV Digest. Uh, We've covered uh, VFW before. Um, one of his, which we, I think we all liked, but we thought the cinematography was too dark for its own good. Um, I've also sort of films like uh, Bliss and Almost Human is, is another really good one of his. Um, he, he's definitely got a style, you know, that, um, he, he seems, especially recently, his films seem to be bathed in this sort of purple, red, greens, sort of very sort of prime colours. Um, very violent as well, um, and, and just very, very well made overall. Uh, Rich, how did you get on with Christmas Bloody Christmas? And did it remind you of um, any other film? It did. I mean, a couple of things, actually. I mean, the, the animatronic goes crazy kind of thing reminded me, obviously, of uh, the Banana Smith Blitz movie and Willy's Wonderland. I was going to go back even further out. than that. But there you go. Oh, well, the, the <laughs> film that came to mind initially was Chopping Mall. I was going to go back what, even what? further than that. I was, I'm, I'm thinking oh, Terminator, basically. Oh, yeah. I mean, t- this, this is basically whole... Crimbo Terminator. This is. It, is, it is Terminator, especially <laughs> by the end. I mean, it is basically yeah. the exact same conclusion, final act mm. as Terminator. Yeah. Um, uh, the, what I would uh, say, I, I liked it a lot. I thought was, what's interesting is it's very much a film of two halves because it's like, re- it's, a, it's a comedy, but the comedy is coming out of the characters and their banter. Yeah, and when and when, or at least for the most part, there's some other bits, but for the most part, it comes out of the banter, and the banter stops <laughs> like really <laughs> abruptly um, mm. due to the carnage, and then it's like straight horror. Uh, the, the, there's a there's no there's no jokes or anything. It's it's re- it's it's deadly serious. Well, that's how I took it anyway. I mean, it, it played out very seriously that set, sort of second half final act mm. kind of part, whereas the first bit is all this. Um, uh, clever uh, dialogue between the two, very very, very vulgar um, dialogue, <laughs> uh, which is not it's not generally my thing. But I, you know, it's okay, it's okay. I don't mind it, and it was quite, you know, it's there's a boom 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 sort of rapid 
fire sort of stuff you know to it all which i really liked um that the you know the actors are pulling it off really well um especially uh riley dandy i think as the as the principal mm -hmm. character um you know she's 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 that kind of character is like that sort of um she's she's uh really confident really pretty and really sort of foul-mouthed and stuff as well she can hold her own she's she literally says like i can drink you under the table kind of she's that kind of character yeah um uh which i really liked uh she's you know she's she's a very strong heroine uh she's not like you know she's basically the polar opposite of like a sarah connor in terminator but um yeah it does play out say quite terminator like i thought the yeah. the kills were quite good lots of practical stuff going on in here um it was it was a film I didn't really I sort of heard about it sort of heard rumblings hmm. and then I'd seen somebody say oh I've seen it and you know uh, sort of rave reviews and then realized it was on Shudder so I was like oh wow geez it's, it's out watch it now kind of thing so I was like yeah I definitely want to see that I mean perfect perfect uh, uh, Christmas Christmas view I mean there's so many Christmas horror movies oh yeah uh, I think we could mention a lot of others oh, we've got three tonight <laughs> we've got three well exactly but uh, and I, and I think this is this is a really good quality one. Um, I mean, yeah. I saw it on the back of uh, the cinema release, uh, Violent Night, mm -hmm. and I think that if you were if you were you know inclined for a double bill or something, they're they they're very different, but you know they mm -hmm. they both work would, would would work quite well together. You know, if you if you enjoyed yeah. if you enjoy that sort of crazy, you know, sort of uh, the themes and stuff and a bit of comedy and stuff, then then you'll get a lot out of it. I, I really like this, and, and you're right. It is a, is a film of two halves because you know Joe Begos, uh, he he wrote and directed this, um, and he very much wants the, its audience to invest in the characters in the first half. It's literally, you know, it's almost to the, to the halfway mark, isn't it? Um, that we're following sort of Tori and, and her, her work colleague who, uh, you know, even their best friends are sort of kind of hoping for them to get together. There's obviously that chemistry between them, but, you know, they're waiting for that moment when they're, they're drunk enough, <laughs> things are going to happen. But, yeah, you're, and, and, you know, the conversation, it's all about films, it's all about heavy metal music, you know, all this sort of stuff, um, you know, and, and they're sort of very opinionated about various things. It's, it comes across, you know, very well, very sort of impassioned maybe a little bit too shouty at times but you know other than that I thought, I thought the you know the actual dialogue worked really well um yeah and as you say the kills are, are really really good I wasn't too impressed with the the, the point of view bits where, where we've you know this Santa Claus thing is sort of lumbering around the toy shop I thought that yeah, was a yeah, bit, yeah. bit slow paced but you know luckily it sort of drops that shortly afterwards but it's it's interesting because I knew nothing about this film. You know, the the hook was, oh, it's a Joe Vegas film, brilliant. You know, and then at the beginning, you know, we, we get this sort of montage of like Christmas TV ads, you know, from the states, you know, which which have been made for the film sort of thing. And and one of them, you know, as you're going through all this sort of crap, one of them just happens to be for the this uh, new robot Santa, which is going to replace all the um, the usuals sort of layabouts sort of santas you know all the, all the deadbeat dads having to become santas in the mall and stuff and he's going to replace all that and, and as soon as that happened i thought ah right you know it, it, it's all starting to unfold for me already which is no well, bad thing at all well all that all that stuff at the beginning like you say mm. the, the the news broadcasts and the, and the, the adverts and everything mm. it's very, very kind of spoofy 
So it, oh, it, yeah, it yeah, starts out on that really yeah. sort of yeah. proper, I'd forgotten about that actually. I was thinking about the banter stuff. I'd forgotten about that setup, mm. which is very parody. It's almost like, um, uh, not what am I thinking of? The um, like the Mace Brothers stuff mm. that we've watched. I mean, they're, they're, they're not the first ones to do it, you know, but um, you know, the Zucker Abrams and all that, all the sort of spoof yeah, yeah. commercials and stuff that we've seen over the years. Or even even to you know to, to other stuff like um I guess yeah um yeah the sort like of Robocop and stuff like that you know yeah so. exactly yeah so Bro Robocop is a good example that actually ties in quite nicely that's probably that's possibly a touch touchstone mm. for this mm. film I think it's got a number of different influences at play so yeah, yeah the sort of satire of a touch of the satire of Robocop the sort of intense sort of slasher cyber slasher kind of stuff of terminator mm. and the, the sort of crazy christmas um you know black i mean they ref name check things like black christmas and stuff there's oh, yeah, all that yeah. sort of stuff in there i think yeah if you if you quite like you know um christmas horror christmasy horror movies but but you know something with a bit of a a u unique spin i mean the fact the whole robotic um thing like i said it's kind of been a little bit done to death mm. so far but it, but, so, it, but it was done really well it was, in, I, in thought, the, I, I, I thought, pretty well, yeah. yeah. Um, some some really good, sort of, you know, there's some good carnage, some good explosions and things going on as well. Yeah. Just, you know, keep keep things lively. There was, was one good. review I was watching and they said how, how you know, how this film has quite a few endings, uh, you know, right. it just yeah. sort of keeps going. And they were like, yeah. oh, that's great. I loved it and it worked really well. For me, that didn't. It was, it, they, it was too much. It was yeah. like... It was like, you know, the end. No, it's not the end. The end. No, it's not. The end. It just kept going. And I was thinking, mm. you, that's, that's, you're drawing it about out a bit too much. I would have preferred it if it had just sort yeah. of ended a little bit sooner. But that's, that's my only really, only other real complaint about it. Um, it's, mm. it's, I'm definitely going to watch it again. I'll probably, it'll probably be one of those films that I return to periodically, yeah. depending on whether I've got a shutter subscription or I could actually see this as being something like Acorn might put out on Blu ray. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, so just, just you know just i mean you know I, I promise you guys you know we're not being paid by shudder or anything like that but i will just say that shudder do have a decent deal on at the moment if you're thinking about subscribing um i think it's 99p per for three months per month that's, you really, know, that's really good. It's, it's I did, really I did good. the seven-day free trial, which probably right. means that I've invalidated my opportunity right, to actually maybe. do that. But, yeah. but I don't know. But yeah, there's loads of stuff on there. I, 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 mean, I, I got it for Amazon. That. So, but, yes, I but did yeah. I. There's that. Um, what do you call it? Um, uh, Ryan Quanton's movie is on there. Glorious. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I think is set in like a toilet or something. Um, I don't know if it's a, it's that's right. There's, glory holes there's anything, also. Alice Mayo McKay's film. Yes, so Van. So Van that's that's on my list. Yep, I'm gonna watch that soon. Yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, there's a whole bunch of re revelate, re reveler, or sort of revealer. Sorry, is caught my eye. There's a whole bunch of great stuff on there. Yeah. Obviously. yeah. As I said, um, we're not being paid by Shudder. Honest, we're really not. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a service we sort of dip into now and again when, when there's yeah, uh, when there's definitely worth a trial to see this or at least so. absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we certainly, the thing is about Joe Bagos, um, he, he's been very consistent. Uh, he's a film called Almost Human, which is about a guy who got abducted by aliens and then turns up and, and um, starts causing havoc. Uh, there's another film which is based on scanners or a riff on scanners. I can't remember what it's called now. VFW is his version of um, a 
uh, Assault on Precinct Assault 13. Precinct 13 yeah. um, I think his most dense film is Bliss, which is about mm-hmm. an artist um, experimenting with this new drug while she's sort of doing her masterpiece. That's probably his most obtuse film, I think, you know, um, but I, I, I really enjoyed that as well. But yeah, he's, he's a very consistent um, director, writer, director, and, and you know, re- really enjoy what he puts out. And, and, and this is another great example of it. On and that note, Rich, go on, sorry. No, sorry, there's just uh, one more thing I wanted to say. The, um, the Santa in the movie, who's not particularly visible, he's, he's kind of, mm. you don't get a really proper look at him, but he, uh, every now and again, I mean, but he's supposed mm. to have that sort of store sort of plasticky kind of look to him. Uh, I was just looking up the uh, IMDb page hmm. and he's played by uh, Abraham Ben Ruby, who's the name didn't mean anything to me, but then I looked, I rec- saw his face on, on the hmm. IMDb and I recognised it. Uh, I used to watch a, like a, an American sort of Ferris Bueller knockoff show called Parker Lewis Can't Parker Lose. Parker Lewis, yeah. And he, pl- and he played Kubiak, the really big Kubiak. guy. He's yeah. Kubiak. I didn't, didn't realise <laughs> So yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that's him. <laughs> How cool is that? And he was also in ER. He was in well ER, for I was a long say, time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, oh, so that's quite awesome. cool. So I did not recognise him at all in the movie. Yeah. But um, but great, because he in the movie, he's actually quite lean. You know, he's a, he's yeah, yeah. a, big, he's a tall yeah, yeah. guy, but he's very lean. Whereas, in, in obviously, in the older stuff that he was doing, he was his build mm. was quite big. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so it's quite different to see him in kind of role but uh Absolutely. yeah so that's a little lot of triv a bit the other thing i'll say uh, um, regarding shudder mm. is i found a film called um dial code santa claus which i've wanted to see for years which is like a, a christmas home alone kind of thing from france around All 1990 right. mm-hmm. it was re- it was unavailable over here for, for god knows that and then i just it's it's obviously made its way to shudder mm. uh it's also and they've got it listed under the title deadly games um that's what we right. watch that's quite yeah. fun. That's quite interesting. That was, yeah. If you if you like that kind of sort of Home Alone-ish kind of thing, but like with a with a more full-on sort of horror edge, um, that's definitely worth a look. But back to Christmas, Bloody Christmas. I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's it's a very high seven. I think uh, not quite an eight, but it's definitely a high seven. Um, so yeah, two sevens for. Christmas, bloody Christmas. Currently on Shudder, we definitely recommend you go check it out. Our next review is Mad Heidi. Following a tragic event, young Heidi finds herself on a path of bloody revenge against the fascistic state of Switzerland and its most Swiss leader. Um, This is a film I've been aware of for quite a while. Uh, because of its um, it, its production roots, you know, it, it's basically went through a sort of Kickstarter um, campaign or something similar. You know, it, it's very much homegrown um, fans sort you know uh, in, investing in it. Um, and you know, when when you get these sort of productions, you, you can kind of take it with a pinch of salt, I guess. Uh, but this is, in all seriousness, this is, I, I'm, I'm, you know, shortlisting my top 10 for the year, and this is knocking on the door of, of that list. Uh, I absolutely loved this. Um, the, the, the parody, you know, the satire, the actual action, the script, the acting, everything about this absolutely works. 
Um, I, I'm in awe of this film. Uh, we'll get into this a bit more, but first, Rich, what are your first thoughts? I didn't love it as much as you. I think that it's got a particular tone and style um, that is not that was fine, but it didn't sort of deliver everything that I was kind of expecting, but not in a bad way. But if I if the, the film that came to mind when I was watching it was Machete, it's hmm. a spoof, but it's very serious. It's kind of almost it's like deadpan and there's not actually a lot of intention. There's not a there's not a lot of intended jokes that there are occasionally, but mm. a lot of it is played very straight. And, you know, like Machete plays that quite, you know, it's, there's serious stuff going on there and, you know, serious. Um, the jokes come out of, it's kind of a, the concept is the joke. Yes, they, they that's, that's exactly right. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's the, the absurdest situation that, that the yeah. film develops. Because, then, because what we have here is, is a, a brilliant setup you know, mir mirroring sort of Nazi Germany, but in Switzerland, where this cheese company has taken over, um, you know, and has sort of forbidden all other cheeses, you know, for, for, from from the country, um, and and is railing against the you know the, um, the the threat of the lactose intolerance. Yeah, I love the lactose <laughs> intolerance. Like taking the taking the lactose intolerant as literally intolerant. Of the of the cheese and stuff, yeah, it's yeah. like the, they're 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 like we can't have them because they're intolerant. <laughs> but it, but it is it is that sort of you know that that sort of mirrored of the um, you know the the Nazi propaganda against sort of the Jews basically, isn't it? It's, it's that yeah. sort of thing, you know. Which I thought was interesting because Switzerland was neutral, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was. Stuff. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of satire in here that I mean they they pull in lots of base. Uh, you know, it's like. You know, when you get a movie set in London or whatever, there's buses mm. and whatever. It's like theme park England, you know, everything British that you could possibly think of. Mm. So they've done every everything like that's famous, that's Swiss. There's a Swiss army knife in there at one point. Yeah. You know, the, the cheese is a big factor. There's, yeah. you know, clocks and, and, and anything that's not conventional. I mean, Heidi being sort of one of the examples. Um, but they, they, but they the throw that as well. I mean, the, mountain, you know, I mean, the Alps look amazing, don't they? They look, they the looks looks incredible. Super. The film yeah. does, look, I agree. The film looks great. The production values are really, uh, really high. The um, there's a lot of great. Uh, this is a bit of a theme now, but there's a lot of great practical mm -hmm. uh, effects um, mixed quite well with VFX. Um, the yeah. co-director of the movie is actually a visual visual effects artist, sort of foremostly, mm -hmm. I believe, and I think that's where that's come in. Um, the uh, the costume designs and everything are, are fantastic. I mean, when Mad Heidi gets into her sort of Mad Heidi part of the story, that sort of yeah. that second part. Uh, you know the costume's just flawless I mean it just works so well and she's got that you know that that sort of uh not mace uh, what sort of it's sort of a well it's got that sort of spear like, sort of thing spear really, weapon yeah, that she's yeah. carrying it, it all works really well um all the other cost costumes and I have to say um it's it's a Swiss film they've shot it in English um, mm. there's a lot of mixed accents going on because mm -hmm. like Heidi is played by, I think she's an English actress there's a couple of others played by yeah Alice English K is it yeah and um yeah. alice lucy there's, sorry there's alice yeah sorry um and there's various uh some of them like sound really austrian mm -hmm. german or whatever i don't know mm -hmm. enough about switzerland to know what is what is the natural kind of accent to to be there mm -hmm. but it's, it's a bit of a mishmash a um, French in there as well. and there's some french in there as well um but i would say the sort of the stunt casting of casper van Dien as the president of switzerland mm -hmm. 
He's uh, most Swiss. <laughs> he's a, most, he's most, most Swiss, Swiss president. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. Well, yeah Swiss I think that I think that worked really well. He I mean, was I, brilliant. He he, he he approached this with gusto. He really he did. did. Yeah. yeah, I think you wouldn't get. That's what I thought. I was thinking you, he's so committed to the role. I don't think you'd get any of his other sort of peers, contemporaries. Mm. You know, not many of them anyway. Sort of throwing themselves into a project and a role like this in the mm. same way that he has here. He's really he really surprised me actually. Because yeah. I thought, you know, you could easily see them casting quite conveniently, like an Eric Roberts. Hmm. But Eric Roberts would just do Eric Roberts. And Casper yeah. Van Dien's like trying to, he's doing an accent. He's he's like trying to, yeah. you know, he's really trying to chew the scenery and stuff. He's really going he's, for it. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and every, he's not just a cameo. He's in the whole movie. Like he's in like the whole regularly. Movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, every, you know, every line he delivers, you know, really, really lands really well. I, I just thought <laughs> he was absolutely superb. The it's, it's the attention to detail that's in here as well. It's, it's great little bits. Like you got the um, the the female commandant of the the prison, and there's, there's a bit when you're in her office and there's a big painting on the wall. It's like a portrait of um, yes. Casper Van Dien fighting a bear. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, you know, it's there for like a second or two. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they've, they've, but they've really tried, haven't they? They've but, really, but they've put, really put, the put the effort in. Yeah. Um, my favourite joke is it's a it's a nice little in joke. Um, there's it's a it's a Japanese character in the film that you see in the prison, and it just so happens that her prison number is seven o one. Ah, Scorpion. And, yeah, exactly. So so there's a, a, um, a cult series of films called Female Scorpion Prisoner or Female Prisoner Seven O One Scorpion or Lady Scorpion. Yeah. Um, which which made me smile when I yeah, saw that. Yeah, that is a nice right, because she know. is Japanese, isn't she? I mean, yeah, she's playing, um, I think it's Clara. Um, mm. And obviously, they, and they've taken the characters from, I mean, the root is the Heidi novel. Mm. And so they've taken, so there's there's Goat Peter, and there's oh, Clara, Goat I think, was, was the girl. <laughs> sort of the, and, and, yeah, they've just sort of played with, with oh, all these characters word. and stuff. And they kind of, it's funny because the way it's, because it plays it out so at times, mm. seriously, mm. I you forget the parody part. You forget the Heidi parody. Mm. It kind of becomes its own thing. And then every now and again, they might mention a character, and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is a spoof of, you know, the the root is the spoof yeah, yeah. Of, of of the Heidi novel." But you actually forget that it becomes its own thing. And it's I, I think it's a bit like that with Machete because Machete came out of Grindhouse mm. and 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 Spy Kids and stuff like that. Yeah. But then it it's kind of it plays it so, and I, but I think where Machete went wrong, I do like it, but where mm. it went wrong, one, it's a little too serious at times in Machete, mm. but it's too long. And this film mm. is a nice 90 minutes. You know, it's very brisk, yeah. very fast paced. You know, you get from one scene to another. Lots of, you know, you can follow the characters. I mean, Machete had too many characters and Machete wasn't in it enough. That's a problem. Yeah. Heidi is in this the right amount. Everything's just right in terms mm. of the scale of the characters and how much we see them. And, and whatever so you, you you wouldn't be disappointed and you won't be disappointed with mad heidi and her killing sprees although i think they could have done a i would have liked a bit more killing sprees maybe yeah. just a couple more kills. I, 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 th I think you're right um, there's a nice training montage um and they do an interesting thing funny enough they did exactly the same thing on warrior nun um the, the netflix series oh, yeah. where um you know she's training with these nuns in in the alps and they do a very clever thing of covering the nuns' faces with this sort mm -hmm. of dark sort of gauze, so yeah. that when, when you're doing the you know, the fight scenes, you know they could easily swap out for um, 
you know actual stump people you know yeah yeah, um, yeah. So, so so that you know without sort of having to sort of blur the faces or anything like that or hide the faces which i thought was quite quite well done um my, my only real only issue with this film um is the title cards again you know this thing of like introducing characters with with a big splashy you know, this is Commandant Rottweiler or whatever her name is, you know, for oh, yeah, Rottweiler. Yeah. You don't need it. You really don't because with, with it, this is a perfect example. You know, it comes up on the screen, you know, sort of freeze frame, you know, Lady Rottweiler. And then the very next thing is somebody saying her name. You know, Lady Rottweiler, this is such and such. And you're thinking, you don't need those cards. You know, you don't, don't stop the film. For, for for these sort of splashy little bits just don't just keep it a film you know you're not it's, it's not a comic book but other than that i absolutely love this <laughs> how are you going to score it rich i'm gonna it's gonna be another seven for me i think i think definitely definitely worth a watch it, it it's not it's not a film i think i can see myself returning to but it's very good production values there's a there's a lot to recommend here uh, and i do think it's it's it is one of the most interesting films of the year this is this is one of my favourite parodies. This, this is up there with Black Dynamite. It's it's not as quotable as Black Dynamite, but it is in that sort of ballpark for me. Um, so I'm giving this a nine out of ten. Ooh. So there you go, a seven and a nine for Mad Heidi. Um, at the moment, this is only available, I believe, through the MadHeidi.com yes. uh, website. Um, distributing it themselves through, um, at themselves. this stage at, yeah so so this is like the you know the premiere um release i guess and then you know when it gets to i don't know your sort of standard rental i'm sure it'll be picked up by other st streaming services but at the moment it's you know trying to get the revenue back through through yes. their own website um, and you know i i wholeheartedly uh, recommend this and, and you, you guys really should go and check it out our next review is Bitch Ass. As part of a gang initiation, a group of teens are instructed to break into the house of a recently deceased woman and search for hidden loot. However, they haven't considered that the woman's son still lives there and he is very keen to play some deadly variations on classic games. Okay, I knew nothing about this film going into it. Uh, and, you know, Bitch Ass, I was thinking of, what was that film with Danny Trejo? Um, with oh. Danny Glover? You know the one I mean? Yeah, another one. Is it? Oh, Badass. Badass, badass there you go. Yeah. So, so I was thinking sort of maybe a riff on that or something. So I, I was not expecting this at all. And, and what we get is, for the most part, a very good pastiche of something along the lines of the people under the stairs mixed with films like the collector um i i really really enjoyed the setup the setup and the acting the script at the beginning was really good there's um but for me when it got to sort of the middle part of the film it didn't have enough oomph to it and it seemed to burn through its cast really quickly but that's maybe that's just me. Um, Rich, what are your initial thoughts on this one? I think it's clearly got a um, a fairly modest budget, but I think mm -hmm. they deal with it quite well. Um, I agree. The yeah. film has got a very interesting. I mean, 
it's a, it's a full on cliched slasher movie. It, it's wearing its heart on its you know its influences on its yeah. sleeve. We've got that um, sort of Tony Todd introduction as well, haven't you? Yes. You know, it, it, so there's like very it's like a you know spooky theatre night. So that's one of the things that it establishes at the front is that the, the aspect ratio keeps changing. Hmm. So it starts in a like a full full frame TV kind of thing. Then it goes in a really more than wider than typical widescreen very Mm. thick black bars at the top and bottom for the most part but then during the course of the movie uh it will go into like split screen and stuff so Mm -hmm. it'll put like it will fill the frame again in a a sort of 16 by 9 there's lots of stuff going on with that um which is quite interesting the what i liked about it 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 is a slasher movie it's a black slasher movie Mm -hmm. um black cast slash full black cast which is very unusual um but you don't i i like it it's not, I'm, I've seen, there, there are other films that would sort of lean into cliche more, I think, mm-hmm. in terms of sort of stereotyping and stuff, which I thought this film didn't do. Yeah. Uh, I felt that it was very respectful of its characters. Um, and, you know, the, even the ones that sort of being led, they're being led astray and stuff, but they're not necessarily awful people. And, you know, some of the thing. I mean, some of them are quite comical, some of them are worse than others and that, but I thought the whole overall, the film wasn't particularly mean spirited about the characters. It was no. and how that and what happens to them and stuff. It was pretty well done. The concept itself, as you say, people understand is massive influence. Um, but combined with something like Doctor Giggles, which is sort of a, 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 a you know a a, a, theme, a themed slasher movie, something with mm-hmm. a with a hook and, and whatever, and, and uh, a damaged individual. So like Doctor Giggles is in that movie in the nineties. He was. He thought he was a doctor, so there was all, he, there was all this silly stuff like he would suddenly have like random huge huge plasters and stuff to kill people with, mm. or um, things to suck people's insides out. And in this one, the theme is board games, and so, but what what works and what what seems like it doesn't work, but actually when you think about it, works quite well. Is he's the guy? This the guy who lives in the house is this board game fanatic, and he and he he's he takes his victims and he plays these sort of killer board games with them so it's there's a saw kind of bit going on there as yeah. well mm-hmm. um and like you say the collector the collection things like that but it's um the the games themselves which are never named um the, the, there's another playful thing they do which is kind of giving chapters to the to the thing so yeah. they they announce the uh, they they do these title card kind of quite clever title card things for for each of the games and um and also some graphics of the players and stuff involved in the games, which I liked. Um, but the games themselves, like let's say the Connect Four one, for example, mm-hmm. or, or whatever they call it in America, the um, you can see it's home. It's like homemade. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not like a really polished something. See something like Saw. Yeah, exactly. Would, would make it <laughs> yeah. really fancy, and it was like it'd be yeah. like, well, it wouldn't possibly. There's no possible way it could look like that in yeah. in real life. Because you can't do it, and that's the thing about the Saw movies is that it's like nobody could build that. <laughs> it's like, but in this movie, you you, you see these versions, you know, the, the, his version of Jenga and stuff like that, and you could, it's feasible. It yeah. looks like it's something you could have made, you know, with limited resources and stuff. So what seems at first like a a, a bit, you know, not very great because of budget limitations and stuff, actually is one of the stronger parts when you of the, of the film when you think about it because it actually makes it more feel more realistic and more uh, work within the realms of, of the sort of real life environment that they're in. The, the killer and his mask and stuff, not so 
keen on but i like what they've tried to do there and what the, you know the origin of, of the name of the character which is the title of the movie mm -hmm. uh, i thought that that was all handled quite well say so it's nothing you haven't seen before but it, it's done in a different way it's cast in a different way and it sort of brings a bit of a novelty and i like the the um i think the board games sort of uh angle uh i mean we've seen uh, there have been slasher movies that sort of play on games and, and things in the past but and not in quite this way and i thought it worked really well I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, and I, I take on board what you're saying about, you know, the homemade aspect of it. Mm. I think that, you know, that does sort of make, make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the script. The, you know, we got, you got this guy who's like, you know, the main gang leader, you know, on, on this particular part of mm. and And his dialogue is superb. You know, he, the, um, the bits when he's sort of cheering these guys out and stuff, mm. I, I thought, it worked really, really well. You know, the bit at the beginning when one of you know one of his guys gets snabbed, and yeah. then they're talking about it later on. Going, oh, did you think you think he got arrested again for like you know purse snatchings on oh, bloody hell? You know, it, it just works really, really well. And well, that's an he, example he, there. That character, mm, what you're talking about, and, mm. and him. There's an example of what I'm saying about some of the characters are worse than others, but the film respects them. It sort of gives yeah, them yeah. An, a, a bit of an arc. There's, mm. there's, there's something, uh, the film treats all the characters, even the even the guy who's like the bad guy, basically sets mm. all this in motion, mm. even treats him quite well. That was how I felt to it. Yeah, exactly, there's a lot of pathos. Um, yeah, um, our main character's mum gets mm. gets drawn in, turns out she's she's got, you know, she's involved in, what happened and, and those sort of flashback scenes work really well as well it is it is very well done i i, I still feel it, it just kind of just sort of burned through a lot of his cast very quickly and that's a little bit because there's only four of them you know it, to, to begin with then then the others yeah. sort of come in but for, for a bit i'm thinking okay this is going to be like just the protagonist and the antagonist just sort of like chasing each other around the house now yeah. you know because there's nothing else but yeah, no, I, was, I, was, I was proven wrong overall. Which but, is interesting yeah. in something like Christmas Bloody Christmas, which mm. is you know plays out over a larger canvas. Mm. There's not many characters in that. There's actually no, not many. Right. Yeah. There's not once many. Once you get past the the, the um, you know the police station bit, then yeah. it, it literally is two characters, isn't it? You know, sort of protagonist antagonist. Yeah. Um, but, some films yeah. I think need high body. Some films don't yeah. need high body counts. They mm. sort of manage to do it. And other films, it's like yeah. You, you burn through the characters and then it's like oh actually we've got to get these other characters over there otherwise the film's going to have to stop yeah. <laughs> that's kind of I mean, that's you, 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 meant, you mentioned that you mentioned the scorecard bit um you, now you can imagine how i feel about that uh having what i said about mad heidi but well i know you don't like title cards of, of mm. like people's names but how did you feel about these sort of chat not, I sort of consider them like winky. a chapter card. It is a bit. It's a bit winky winky, and I, I, mm. I'm, I'm not a fan of chapter cards either. You know, um, but yeah. It, oh, and the other was, thing is, it wasn't just title card. It wasn't just chapters, was it? It was rooms. Do you remember they would uh, yeah. walk up and it would oh, say oh, like no, that, front that was, room? That, yeah, that was quite like, clever. That, I must admit, that was quite clever. And I, at first, I thought, is is that really written there? You know, like basement it's that panic or, room kind of panic style, room, where yeah. it, where it just sort of looks like it's part of the environment. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, the I that that. But why? That it's there was like a bit where it said like hall. Mm. It was like it wasn't like there was like a chapter of something that happened in the hall. It's it felt like it was naming just where they were yeah. in the house. 
which okay. I didn't quite think was necessary. I thought the putting the titles on, you know, the sort of clever graphics of the um, of the individual game parts was fine, mm. but the but the but the naming the rooms and stuff in the house things, I didn't quite get what they were trying to achieve with that. Whether it was to do with the geography or something, I didn't really. Yeah. Know, that that bit yeah. just I thought they looked good, but <laughs> it didn't mm. actually sort of take me anywhere. But um, yeah, I thought I was, it really surprised I, me. I wasn't I wasn't expecting I, much. I, was... I didn't know much about. I didn't know anything about it. Same as you. No. Um, yeah. I, I love a slasher movie. It actually sort of made me excited to watch some other slasher movies again, and uh, and that's always a good thing. It's it is very good. Yeah, you know the fact that it's sort of like, oh you know people on the stairs things like that um, in a good way, you know in in a very comparable way. Um, I think it's a good thing. Um, what are you going to score it? Well, we've got a bit of a theme here. I'm going to go for another seven. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree with a seven on this one. Two sevens for bitches. Go check it out. Our next review is Savage Justice. A recovering opioid addict seeks revenge on the dealers responsible for selling the drugs that resulted in his fiancée's death. Um, now, guys, we've talked about... Um, what's, the, what's the name of the, um, the investment firm involved here? Bondit Media Capital. Yeah. So, you know, Randall we, we, Emmett and Emmett Further films. And stuff, exactly. Basically. We've come across these guys yeah. before. And, <clears throat> and I, I have on this show basically said, you know, I'm very wary of any film that's, that, you know, where their logo comes up. And, and I must admit, you know, the hairs on the back of my neck sort of stood up a little bit when, when, when their name appeared, along with about another 10 production companies um and then you know when the, when the credits started it was all about the production companies and no mention of either the director or the stars of the film which is you know considering robert de niro and john malkovich are involved i find that kind of disingenuous personally but there you go yeah um however i didn't mind this it's it's a film of two halves very much. The first half yeah. is is this kitchen sink drama about this couple who are trying to, you know, ditch their demons, get 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 off drugs, struggling with it, um, and then you know some guy they know sort of gives them some dodgy di- some dodgy gear, and you know tragedy ensues, and then you know the revenge bit kicks in. Uh, which is the good half of the film, as far as I'm concerned. You know, the, the main good half. Um, there is one moment of unintentional hilarity in this, uh, when our hero, Shelby, is considering killing himself after... Uh, and um, it's it's funny, because my son and I had recently watched Lethal Weapon, and the scene where Mel Gibson is trying to kill himself, you know, in, in that is, is, is brilliant. You know, he, it, it's really heartfelt. You think, oh, my God, no, stop. You know, he, he pulls himself back from the brink. This pit, the guy is interrupted by a horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually laughed at when, when, when this happened. Oh, it, it absolutely killed me. Um, you know, Completely unintentionally funny, but there you go. The second half of this is really well done. And and, and all through it, we've got Robert De Niro popping up as this sheriff um, who, who 
Am, am I right in thinking he's Shelby's dad? No. No? No. He's no, got his own no. issues. I wasn't sure, because he keeps looking at this photo of a teenager and I'm thinking, is that meant to be no, Shelby? Shelby, the, 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 Shelby was the girl, yeah? Is it? No. No, no, no. No, no, Shelby's the guy. Shelby's the guy. Jack who's... Shelby's the guy. Yeah, yeah. sorry. No, um, I think it was just like an echoing story sort of thing. To be honest, I just don't... I think the, the De Niro stuff wasn't... It's like a separate thing, not really necessary. But anyway, mm. I'll let you, you keep going. Uh, yeah, well, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it is, you know, it is very much out of the action until towards the very end of the film. Um, mm. But I thought they got the action scenes quite well done. Uh, there's a whole bit where he raids this this compound in the you know in the, in the fields and stuff and and I mm. thought I thought the camera work was really good I thought you know that the editing was really good um, the choreography of that particular scene was superb it it really really worked and and it's probably the best thing that these guys have done you know have been involved in mm. um, it, it worked really well I, I mean the film as a whole I think is you know it is a step above what they'd done before. It's directed by Randall Emmett, who um, yeah. had done... Emmett um, himself. <laughs> indeed, yeah. But he did, um, what was it called, Midnight in the Switch Glass? Switch glass? Yeah. Grass? yeah. Which, which I have quite know, liked. Which, which we quite liked, yeah. Um, you know, one of, one of the better um, films that Bruce has, has been involved in. Um, so, yeah, there's, there are some, you know, absolute positive points to this. Uh, but you know, I, I found the first half of it to sort of drag a bit. Overall, you know, I wasn't in, particularly invested in this couple's sort of struggle with with addiction. But there you go, that's just me. Uh, Steve, what do you make of Savage Justice? Yeah, definitely a film of two halves. And like you say, I thought the second half was immensely better than the first. It just he dragged, I thought, you know, mm. the first half. Um, I know it's trying to give you the character building and, you know, give you, give you some arc beyond, you know, just to get the revenge and stuff. But, yeah, it was just a little bit too slow, a little bit too <clears throat> maudlin. And, but like you say, I think it is the shooting for more than what they have been. Mm. You know, this normally it's just, oh yeah, we'll be in a compound and and you know, we'll get attacked by a drug dealer and that's it. But this had it had a bit more heart, a bit more not compassion, but you know, there's there was a bit more substance to the story than there has been in the previous mm. songs that they've done. And yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean the performances were good. Uh I like um, what's she called? The Ruby Red, yeah. Willow Fitzgerald I thought she was pretty good in it. She was good, yeah. <clears throat> I think the other thing that kind of annoyed me, that let it down, was the the twist at the end. <laughs> I was a bit, you know, I'd kind of guessed it. I must admit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I knew it was. I knew it was going to be something along those sort of lines, or you know, it was either going to be him or, you know, sort of. Oh. There's, there's two prominent actors in this. Let's face it, and it's going yeah. to be one of them. You know, it's, yeah. it's bound to be one of them. Um, yeah. Well, actually, you know, I've, even 
I know Guerrero, it might be his first DTV, but he, he gives a quite a decent performance and, you know, it's, he's, mm. he's not... He's not phoning really, it in. No, no exactly. He's not phoning it in. He's actually yeah. giving some... He's, he's got this sort of very sort of melancholic <laughs> air to him, you know. He's, mm. um, but there's that bit where he, where he hallucinates when, when they're driving, he sort of has to get out of the car and he, he gives this little sort of monologue. Yeah, yeah, I thought, yeah. thought you know, I thought it was, it was very good. It's very. It kind of reminded me of um, like Tony Jones in No Country for Old Men. Yes, you know, actually, of... yes, it was that sort of performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, yeah, it's pretty, pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich, over to you. Uh, it, what you know, I go into this. I'm thinking, it's a guy holding a gun. You know, action movie. Uh, as uh, you know, he's walking away from fire in certain posters and stuff. So, and then actually, no, you, like you say, kitchen sink drama for for quite mm. a long time. Really, is sort of a lot of the building up to what then becomes a revenge story in the sort mm. of second part. And there's there's some pretty brutal stuff in there, um, the nail gun stuff and oh yeah, things yeah. like that. And I do like you know you know that bit where he goes to the hotel and mm. it's like all those partying college yeah. kids and stuff and he goes yeah that, that that bit i thought was really good as well yeah, yeah. so uh that's uh, jack houston playing uh, mm-hmm. uh shelby isn't it he said it's uh yeah shelby john mm-hmm. oh, yeah. playing the sort of lead character um him and say willa fitzgerald as ruby red uh it's fine you know i was, I was okay, okay i didn't mind it it was just i was a bit taken mm-hmm. aback that i was watching this uh sort of addiction drama for 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 the for that first part and mm. uh, int- being introduced to various characters and there's a whole the whole religious all the religious stuff that comes mm. in and the, being washed in the river and because um, mm. uh, uh, her parents uh, led by um, uh, John Malkovich as her father mm. uh, they're um, sort of um, well Christian a Christian sort of denomination of, of some description I'm not sure uh, Baptists uh, I guess I, I don't I don't know. I'm not, I don't know enough about the, the, the sort of uh, religious, um, uh, you know, communities in, in these sort of areas and stuff, because it's all set sort of in the deep um, rural area uh, of, uh, I'm not sure where, but like, um, I don't know, where would you say? Where would you say it's set? Um, sure. Yeah, so, that sort of thing, the Ozarks or somewhere, you know, sort of Mississippi or somewhere like yeah, that. Yeah, there, yeah, somewhere like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Um, my my so job is dreadful for them. No, that's mine, mine too. <laughs> uh, the, so, yeah, so I, and then it all kicks in. I liked it, I did. I do think, Rand, you know, Randall Emmett's got this reputation mm. for producing all these, you know, sort of what they term the geezer teaser movies and stuff. But mm. he is actually a pretty good filmmaker. I would, mm. I would say, you know, he, he manages to assemble good people uh, and put together pretty good stories, I think, in, in the two or, th- mm. I think two or three films that he's directed that I've seen. I'd say this and, and Midnight and Switchgrass are the two that I've seen mm. that I know that, that he directed. And I think comes, you know, I mean, he certainly seems to me to do a better job than a lot of people, than a lot of the people that he hires. Yes, I agree. Uh, Maybe that's why he did this one. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and obviously he's pulled in sort of both he's pulled in De Niro and Malkovich for this one De Niro has done some DTV stuff in the past yeah um, think but, he, but he does it every now and again he did a mm. film with 50 Cent called Cross uh, Freelancers also known as Crossfire and another film he did with uh, John Travolta called Killing Season mm-hmm. and I think yeah. I think I like possibly a, I haven't I haven't seen it um, mm. although I see it's from the same director who did Daredevil which sort of piques my mm. interest but the so De Niro sort of dipped his toe in every mm. now and again and i'm not, but this one seems like a 
this is like a Willis kind of one. This is this is yeah. like maybe they could they couldn't get Willis, so they they've sort of gone to De Niro. It's, it's more yeah, he's fine, but his character really doesn't need to be there, uh, and it's not it's really, bit, and it's no. a bit, it's just a weight you know adding weight to the cast is is basically mm. the only reason he's there. Did, uh, Malkovich has a has a yeah, similar a good, kind of role, but there's he a does, little bit but more. He's he's got a good monologue at the end, doesn't he? You know, he's got he's good. got some nice scenes, definitely. I mean, I do, I you know, it's always good to see Malkovich and De Niro. They're two mm. of the finest actors of their sort of generation. Mm. Um, then this is not the kind of movie that sort of is is them on peak form, uh, and we're seeing this no. quite a lot. Um, the, the you know the some of these actors in the latter part of their career, they're sort of taking these. Uh, quick sort of quick jobs and stuff, which mm. fair enough, you know that's kind of the way things go. Um, but uh, and and you know that they do br- they they certainly do bring value. I would say. Mm. I mean, it's not more than just marquee. You like seeing them. You like the you're, you're interested in the characters that they're playing. For me, Malkovich was more interesting than De Niro. Um, but they the, you know they added they added some, they definitely did add something. It wasn't uh, mm. it wasn't annoying to me too much that they were in it. Mm. But the uh, so yeah, I would say I liked it, I, but you've got to be sort of prepared to know that it's actually sort of foremost. It's a drama. You got to get. You got to. Mm-hmm. You got to sort of be prepared for the for the for that, and then the build up to mm-hmm. sort of an action thing. But it's even when the yeah. action kicks in, that's kind of punctuation marks really. That it's it's much. It's 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 more of a drama with some action in it. Yeah, but when the action does come, it is very well done. Mm-hmm. I have to say. So, scores on the doors. Steve? I'll give it a seven. All right. Um, yeah, I think I'll join you on a seven, believe it or not. And uh, Rich? Yeah, I hate to keep saying seven, but, <laughs> but seven, yeah, it's, it's perfectly fine. It's good. It's watchable. It's not. I mean, it's, low, it's a lower seven rather than a, than a, than a mad Heidi higher seven. Yeah. But yeah, it's still a seven. Yeah, definitely. Um, of, of the films of, you know, this particular, what's the company called again? Uh, well, um, Emmett Furman. Bond it. Well, Bond it are the, one of the say one of the finance resources. They're one of the, fi- the finance resources, but but they are the prominent one. Um, they're the one yeah. that you see all the time. They're like his key Highland. investor. One of his. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Highland Media Group, I think, made it, didn't they? Yeah, they're and, involved uh, usually in this sort of thing. Or, yeah, or distributed it. I can't remember. But, it, there are so many different companies involved there in these, are. these ones. Exactly, and and but but you know, every now and again they are going to actually sort of produce something decent, and this is one of them. So yeah. there you go, three sevens for uh, Savage Justice. Go check it out. Our next review is Ash and Bone. Cassie is a rebelling teen with a new stepmom, and when her animosity escalates, her father Lucas decides to take her and his new wife Sarah out of the city for some bonding and quality time together. What they find instead is the McKinleys, an urban legend more true and terrifying than their worst nightmare. Um. Okay, so this is the latest film, Will, uh, from a director called Harley Wallen. Um, I've actually covered a lot of his stuff before uh, on, on my on my uh, other website, um, and I've been pretty impressed with his stuff overall. The, the main issue I've had in the past with his films is that they're way too long. 
you know, mm. they've been clocking in around about two hours, basically. Mm. So, so, you know, straight away, I'm really happy to see, you know, that this is a more manageable sort of 90 minutes, as just about any horror film should be, um, mm. roughly. So, so there's that. Um, you know, there are other sort of uh, parallels here. He's he does star in the film. He plays Lucas. Uh, his his wife is in the film as well as she, as she is in in the others. Um, other cast members um, have also appeared in sort of previous films. So he, you know, Harley's one of these guys who, you know, likes to have a, you know, familiar faces on set. Basically, I, I guess that's what it boils down to, and and is loyal to people who worked for him before. Um, this is. It it is a it's a boilerplate film, basically. It it it's um you know there's there's not a lot wrong with it mm. in particular, but there's nothing really which is going to sort of stand it out um, from others of its ilk. And I, I kind of want to talk about this sort of enduring cliche of the sort of hillbilly hick mm. mass murderers. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean, because it is a um, it's an enduring theme throughout sort of you know horror movies, uh, this sort of thing. Uh, there was a particularly nasty one which came out last year called Butchers, which I must have you know I have to sort of begrudgingly respect it because it was very well made and produced, but it was you know the, the nasty. Um, this this isn't as nasty, and I think that basically comes down to the budget. It's probably the only area for me where the budget is, you know, the, or the lack of is, is evident. Yeah. Um, which I was kind of get into a little bit. Um, but what are your initial thoughts on uh, Ash and Bone? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd I would I would have to go along with. I'd have to echo what you said. I mean, it is it it, it it's such a well kind of a well used thing. Yeah, like you've seen that many that um, out of towners, you know, yeah. end up sort of you know rubbing the locals up the wrong way. Yeah, kind of thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's this is a little a little bit. I mean, it's 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 it's. I was going to say it's a little bit different. I mean, it's not they they themselves are not kind of like. Um, it's not like they walk in and the whole town's against them. It's like without without the kind of the kind of bad guy family. They mm. you know it would it, you know they they're sort of they're not totally out of their depth in no. that sense kind of thing. You know they're not. It's not. And I was actually thinking when you said oh you know this, the, the the kind of murderous hillbilly sort of trope thing. Mm. What was the film that started that? Was it Deliverance or Straw well, Dogs? Well, I mean they, they sort. Of touch on it but I, I i think the real sort of like template is is texas chainsaw massacre you yeah. know uh, it, yeah, it's that, that kind of thing you know it, it, people sort of living on the on the outskirts of town don't you mm. know and you know the ru rumors build up and oh my god the mm. rumors are true kind of thing you mm. know it's, it's that sort of scenario i guess but things I mean, like I think... um you know hills of eyes will be another one yeah. i guess and, you know i think i think probably you sort of think well what is it you know why is why is it still so? Is it is it popular in America because those films have such cult status and they were so mm. you know they they kind of shaped horror cinema, or is it because occasionally mm. stuff like this still kind of you know not not you know not not exactly, but things like this happen you know with with the kind of it, 
this this is what I'm wondering, you know, is 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 this like one of these sort of dark secrets that America isn't telling isn't telling yeah, the rest of the world? Because you it, know? Actually, it actually does. I mean, if you sort of like occasionally, I mean, I remember going back. This is going back about I don't know, mm. probably fifteen or twenty years that you know they they sort of they they found a, there was like a Fritzl type guy living in um the the swamps in Florida, I think. Mm. You know, a, a really awful thing. You know, he'd had about. He'd had a load of kids and then had kids with them kind of thing. I don't, I mean, I don't yeah. think he necessarily sort of was kidnapping, you know, tourists well, and murdering. Yeah, because it wasn't that. It, was, it, was like, mean, it, it was bad enough. Yeah. There was, it was that one, there was a quite famous one, you know, going back a few years now of this woman who had been basically kidnapped and kept by this guy for years and years and she'd eventually escaped. And, and it was like, you know, she'd been there for like at least like a decade or something you know, was it in america yeah 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 all i mean sort it, of stuff going on it, it, it kind of i think in because because america is so vast mm. and you know in in these kind of you know, mountain areas forest areas swamp areas you know like or out in the in the kind of prairies and stuff like that it it's so remote that you know you you can people can kind of sort of grow up and live their lives in in kind of almost isolation from you know what, yeah, what's yeah. happening in, in the rest of the world sort of thing and like you've got i suppose you've got these separate you have these huge urban areas you know mm. that that most of the world kind of thinks of as oh that's america you know these huge urban sprawls these huge metropolises where you know there's but most of it's familiar. on the coast isn't it you know so it's all yeah. i mean you know the, but... and, and you have this other america that's that mm. these these vast areas in of semi-rural you know where where you where you've got people who who kind of live country and you know and, and it's and it's it's like two it's like two totally distinct kind of societies in it was where i suppose you yeah. get people who don't understand and, and don't want to live in the other place you know the, the other society and so i suppose it makes it makes a kind of and it's not changed that much you know what i mean no it is that sort of frontiersman sort of mm. sort of thing, and it's kind kind of where the Republican base is as well, isn't it? It's like you know the, the self sufficient kind, yeah, kind of people, it. you know, people like you know yeah. independent, yeah, you know, don't, independent. don't want anything to do with the state, you know, anything yeah. like that, you know. Yeah, and and, and that. that still very much exists, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a film we covered um, earlier this year. It's one of my favourite films of the year called Ultrasound, and and it started with this sort of traveling salesman or this salesman guy, his car breaks down in the middle, you know, on this deserted road. And he finds this house, you know, it's raining, it's thunderstorms and everything. And he turns up with this rickety old house and this guy in overall sort of answer the door. And I'm watching it. I'm thinking, if that was me, the first thought would be going through my head would be like, huh, this is how I die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> Like, I can see what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see my future, and it's not very yeah. long, you know. Is <laughs> is kind of thing, and and that, you know that's that's the sort of thing that sort of reminded me here. There's there's a bit where um, Cassie, the, the teenager, she meets up with a couple of people roughly her own age, or at least mm. the boy is. Um, and and the first thing they do is point out the missing posters. On yeah. In, in which the bar, are many. Which are too many. I mean, if if again, you know, if that was me, I'd be like. Yeah, it's time so. to go. <laughs> this, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There's something this, yeah. It's like there's a there's one thing this 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 board has in common, and it's like all of those women are my age. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's not looking good. Um, the the reality actually, I, I was just um, 
did a, a little bit of research before we start recording. And apparently the reality is if you're a person of color, you're much more likely to be abducted than if you're a, a white person. So so that is, you know, there, there's a bit of cultural bias there because of the sort of mm. the filmmaker. Um, mm. But um, yeah, the, the, the actual reality is that it's a persons yeah. of color including sort well, of actual, especially general general America? yeah well i mean if you think that um apparently in america the, the sort of the uh sort of non-white population mm. represents about 13 percent of the, of the population but the the amount of actual missing people it's statistically it's 30 percent of all missing yeah. people are a person of color so you know it's a huge um disparity oh, yeah. there yeah just, just a, a cheerful thought you know that, yeah. that I, I, um, I sort of dug out but uh there, there was another case funny enough there was a case i heard about uh, a while back and i thought oh this this is this sort of thing and it was about these four cyclists um in i think it was oklahoma who their bodies were like found dismembered and you know they're all being shot and the bodies dismembered and tossed into a lake and I thought, my God, this is like straight out of a horror film, sort of. Yeah. But then it turns out these guys were actually on the way to rob somebody, <laughs> and and then sort of, you know, it, it robbed the wrong or tried to rob the wrong place. I think it was like a uh, like a junkyard or something. And then um, they've been, they've been and shot. Basically, shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is a film there for sure, but you know, without a doubt. Yeah, but... Because you start thinking if they if they if whoever they if whoever they turned up and tried to like mm. you know like they tried to turn up and try to rip someone off like rob mm. them and they they were armed or whatever yeah whoever whoever kind of shot them has got a right to defend themselves with lethal force on their own property in this. Oh, that's right. It, yeah, problem. there's no there's no point just you know, to so, dump the bodies. Just... Exactly. So like, what happened? That this, what, was this, what was this person, the defender, <laughs> doing that they felt, nah, I can't really deal with the law on this one. Um, I'm going to go to the trouble of like hacking them up and disposing exactly. of the bodies. Yeah, nothing so to see here. Yeah, and you're thinking, <laughs> mate, you know, you've actually, if they did this, you've not done anything wrong, sort of thing. Mm. That you don't need to start carving them up. Yeah. But I, I guess they just didn't want the, the cops yeah, yeah. poking around where they shouldn't. Um, yeah. back, to, back to the film. Anyway, back to the film. Sort of a bit, bit of a sort of digression there. Um, I did like the cast in this, mm. uh, especially Erica Hovland, who plays um, May McKinley, the the, mm, the sister she to, to make up. She, she, she was really good. And if you actually see her picture on IMDb, um, you know, she, she really did immerse herself into the role really well. I think of, the, of this kind of like maladjusted kind of yeah, sort of remote kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was. She was. Do you know what? It's funny actually. She she was. Well, her and um, her brother, they were. Yeah, Cleet. I mean, Cleet. Yeah. Cleet was going at it like a pantomime villain, though. Let's be honest. I mean, he really yeah, yeah. was acting. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Giving it one hundred and ten percent. Chewing what looked like a pepperoni in the yeah. side, pepperoni in the side of his mouth the whole time. Yeah. Which is probably yeah. like someone's finger or something pulling. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, but he, I mean, he had to kind of hold dungarees with one button and <laughs> tattoo yeah. on his chest. You know, and he's not a small fella either. He's like he's a big mm. he's a big yeah. bloke in every direction, and mm. you know, and he he was really kind of going for the the, the hundred. 100 percent you know outback outback murderer whereas her 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 performance was like really quite sort of not i mean it, she came she kind of came came at it from underneath and, and sort mm. of 
you know, rather than starting at starting at hundred and you know, she was sort of like grad, you know, but she was, yeah, she was creepy. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah. especially what she does to poor, poor old Lucas. Yeah, <laughs> in, the, in the middle of the film, which you know is, is an interesting direction to take things. Yeah, my sure. brother says I got a pretty smile, and you're like, oh dear, oh, God. <laughs> this is like, there's no, you're not going to be able to say the right thing no. <laughs> in, this, in this situation. You know, like <laughs> you're not going to be able to charm your way out of this one. What, what however, because it looks like she's kind of throwing him a bone. Mm. A bit in the, in the, in, the, in that without wanting to be like any spoilers, but yeah, it's it's mm. not going to get better. <laughs> it's not it's not particularly nice though. Um, the, overall, I mean, I think the only the only area really that this it lets itself down, and it, I wouldn't say let itself down, is just in the sort of you know the the the, the um, sort of the gore scenes or lack of. Mm. Basically, um, a lot of stuff happens off camera. Basically, uh, I think what you said earlier about the about the budget. Hmm. Um, do you think that there's there was an element of he was he didn't want to show because he he didn't have the the he wouldn't be able to do the effects convincingly enough of some of the more brutal. I think I think that's effect. kind of it. And, and it's, it, again, you know, I, I, I kind of criticised him before where, where he's had like shootouts in his films. It's like well. You know, there's no muzzle flashes. Sometimes there's no yeah. sound effects. You know, maybe he's sort of, I'm, I'm not saying he's taking my criticism on board, but maybe, maybe overall somebody's had a word. And, mm. um, you know, yeah, because the gun, the, the, the gun, the, the gun fight. Sound effects. More, yeah, more sound effects are good and stuff. Yeah, that, that all worked. Um, and it, it's it's one of those sort of things where, um, you know, where, where, where you sort of, there's a particular phrase I'm looking for that can't get to it. But basically, it opens up opportunities. So, so there's a scene where um, uh, May is going to shoot an apple off, off Lucas's head, you know, sort of William Tell style. Mm. And the way they do it, it leaves you hanging for for a good five minutes as to whether mm. or not she did shoot the apple or she actually or or she blew, blew his head off, <laughs> you know. But because they couldn't sort of show anything, it's all like. Um, you know, it gives them that opportunity to sort of ramp up the ten- tension a bit, which I thought was actually yeah. quite good. Um, so yeah, that, I, that, that I liked really. I liked the apple symbolism in that film actually, because like the, that the the, oh, the, very, yeah. the closing scene that was quite a mm. that was quite that? interesting. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was uh, uh, quite. You know, I like I, I did like I liked that because like I mean, May's constantly slicing up apples with a little jackknife and mm. you know eating thin slivers of apple and stuff, mm. which was some good stagecraft, I think, for. her her character yes you know when she was when she was talking but then there's like a nice little coda at the end about that which i thought was oh yeah that was yeah that was good actually yeah um i was impressed with that but no the 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 violence like because i mean there's there's pickaxes and axes are plenty and knives Mm. and you know all sorts of stuff in 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 this in this film maybe it was just a case of i mean because let's i mean you're left in no doubt as to what's happened oh yeah you know, the sound design and everything and, and mm-hmm. you know what's actually going on you know you know what's happened and it is queasy enough maybe mm-hmm. um what's uh, what's the director's name again um a harley wallen wanted to just keep keep this to be a more accessible lower lower mm-hmm. restriction film you know what i mean rather yeah. than because it because it is i mean in terms of so i was thinking about it just like in terms of like everything like language 
mm. you know, explicit gore, um, you know, sex, you know, violence, all the rest of it, mm. um, is uh, it's not tame at all because, like you say, it's all very well implied. Yeah, you know, but it's just it's not it's not like one of these ridiculous torture porn films. Well, which yeah, exactly. Which, which I was kind of expecting, I must admit. For, you know, from that opening. So was um, I. I, just uh, and I was really awesome. quite sort of surprised. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. I, I think I think you're right. And, and this particular screener that was sent to us is marked as the theatrical version. So, so, so perhaps there there is a slightly mm. longer version around that. You know, maybe they sort of toned it down to get less than an R rating or an R rating for this one. Who knows? Um, but anyway, I just want to talk about a couple of other um, cast members. Uh, the, the bartender in this um, mm. is quite an old actor. His, his name's Mel Novak, and he's be, if you ever look him up on IMDb, he's got a list of like eighty-three credits, ag- acting credits going back to nineteen seventy-one, I believe. Um, he he starred in the original. Uh, Game of Death with Bruce Lee. Uh, he, he did loads oh. of um, uh, Chuck Norris early films, um, <laughs> and, and and he's he's been working steady. He's kind of like a Robert Forster sort of kind of actor, you know. He, he's just mm. been sort of working steadily, sort of throughout throughout the sort of decades, basically. And and uh, you know, he, he's, he's now good. doing these. Yeah, exactly. He's he's like eighty. You know, he's still he didn't have an awful lot to say, but his presence—I mean, like what he—you know—he was just—he mm. conveys he, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, in a, in a kind of very—I mean, he—he he was good. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I know that these people, like the rest of the cast, are, you know, these these people are that they're, they're actors, and they, mm. you know, they they, they they these are professional. You know, they they are, mm. you know, they they work in the craft and they and they're doing stuff. But like, they they there was there was times at which I don't think everyone was 100% like is immersed in like completely immersed in the script I think they got better I think they warmed up yeah you know because some of the conversations it's like is the conversation are the first conversation stilted because the awkward situation the family dynamics supposed mm. to be bad or is it just because they're you know they're, they're not really kind of living in the script yet yeah um, and although although the barman didn't have an awful lot to say it was very very like on point um you know but that kind of makes sense what you're saying that this is someone with decades of experience and i'm certainly not criticizing the cast at all i just think it was for me it was a bit like mm, this is taking a while and these people <laughs> you know it seems a bit stilted you know what's mm. you know, what's going on like they they like i say they all warmed up yeah i i agree with that um there's another actress uh, who we see in sort of flashbacks and, and sort of other scenes called calhoun koenig who's um uh, Cassie's best mate, uh, who mm. we see sort of doing a f- bit, a few bits of vandalism and things at the local high school and and that stealing so police car. Amateur night vandalism, yeah. The police, yeah. The police they went, they went from some graffiti in an abandoned yeah. school. I was going to give a shit about to mm. you, you've just stolen a police car. That you know, <laughs> that, that, that's like that's a massive leap there. <laughs> that is a bit, yeah. But you know, I thought it was quite fun. Yeah, <laughs> a little mm, thing yeah, to do. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so so I, I quite liked her performance in that in that mm. as well. It was a shame, you know, it's a shame she didn't, you know, make make the trick, <laughs> make the trip across yeah. to to where her friend was. But yeah, but, um, yeah, no, she was she was pretty good. So over overall, I mean, I th- this is definitely an improvement on um, 
Harley Wollen's other, other films. The, you know, because this, it doesn't look a million miles different from other horror films of this type. You know, I, I think from a production values, from a technical point of yeah. view, yeah. You know, he he's nailed that sort of aesthetic. You know, it, it, I'm I'm not sort of looking at thinking, mm, you know, budget. Um, you know, he he's sort of pared down the cast a bit. Some of his other films got like you know casts of hundreds, or not mm. not literally, but you know, that's how it feels. Um, so so this 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 feels like a much um, tighter film than, than some of the ones he's done before, um, and I think that's a huge improvement, basically. Um, so, so overall, I'm I'm pretty impressed with this. You know, I, I just wish you know, there's one particular scene where, where an actress um, she gets her sort of um, Achilles tendons sort of slashed, mm, mm. Uh, which is a pretty you know, yeah, eye winting scene, yeah. yeah. And um, but it's never really sort of followed up. You know, there's nothing to sort of go oh yeah you know she she i mean you know other stuff happens as well but um at the time i'm thinking you really could be making more of this you know yeah because that's like a catastrophic injury isn't it that's like oh god yeah yeah yeah. it was good it was good to kind of show like how because they were i mean they were all about they were basically they were hunters weren't they they Hmm. um yeah yeah. it was all about like and their kind of ambushes and stuff they were they were actually really they were really quite good being the villains that they were and the kind of villains mm. that they were because that that scene like the way they the way they ambushed it was just clever you know it was just like it was a it was a nice yeah yeah technical exactly. kind of yeah setup. and you thought he was quite i was quite impressed with that mm-hmm. i think for me like any like the only the thing that the thing that the only thing that really jarred with me there was a couple of bits of the script that i don't think were exploited as well as mm. you know, they could be i just think it was it's like and it was a good script all the way through but there was bits where you know, like the interactions between Cassie and her, and her dad and, and the stepmom, it was like, um, you just you just kind of think, no, that would have been, you wouldn't have just left that hanging, do you know what I mean? It, or you shouldn't, yeah. it, just, it just, it's just sort of like, you know, like when you're playing a video game and, yeah. you know, the, the scripts just sort of seem like not quite, they seem a bit off kilter, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like there was a couple of bits where it was like, I don't know if it's editing choices or whatever, which I'm going to come to in a minute, but there was a couple of bits where it's like there's something not right that's not that just doesn't feel natural the funniest part for me was was when he 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 tells his wife that he's going to call the sheriff because yeah. his daughter had stormed off and you know because he cursed you know and I thought, control. yeah exactly <laughs> which yeah. i thought was that is such a white male privilege kind of thing to do <laughs> you know? yeah 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 it yeah is. <laughs> she's but i mean it's it's also it's like He's going. She's out. She's out of control. I'm calling because she took the car and drove up into mm. town or whatever. She could be going to Detroit, and it, and that that whole bit is like she should be. She could be on her way to Detroit, and then so it's like, you know, she's a teenage girl, you know, rebelling, and it's like, okay, but if you genuinely think that she's going to drive 200 miles back to Detroit or whatever, perhaps you know there should mm-hmm. be, you know, perhaps perhaps that is the thing that you need to do. But then again, if you sort of later on, she's going, oh, if, if she happens to mention that if there's any more law enforcement involvement. You know, it's three mm. strikes, and she will get in trouble. And it's like, perhaps Dad should have brought that up at that point as well when he's on the phone about to call nine one one. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. If he did that, that could end up with her in court. 
yeah or worse uh, for, yeah for, yeah exactly in county for the but you know for a very small thing and it's like it, or the way the way your u.s police forces seem to work dead yeah, <laughs> <shot>. yeah. <laughs> like shoot out on the on the interstate yeah but um you know so i don't know it's just it's bits where but that i mean you know i'm not i'm i am just picking holes it's like the the plot the narrative everything moved in the right you know did it went where it should and like you say it was a like a boilerplate movie it was it was a competent good movie of this of this genre and it even had like you know a, t- a twist at the end where you're like hmm, shit you know mm-hmm. like, didn't yeah actually, didn't it, 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 it did, have, did have a good little yeah a couple of good yeah. little moments towards the end yeah. little twist but the yeah. one thing i don't know i don't know if it's is this like you're saying this is the theatrical release this is like the polished mm. you know this what did you feel that there was a lot of dead space in terms of the editing? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's like yeah, the camera sort of lingers a little bit too long in the scene. Too long, yeah, and yeah. it's like it kind of it, maybe that's maybe the problem I had wasn't with the script, but it was just with the way it was timed. It's like mm. things didn't flow not because they weren't written well or delivered well, but because they just left too much head and tail on yeah. certain bits. And, it's and, like uh, and that could have been because because they're sort of trying to trying to hit a particular runtime of one hour 37 minutes i think mm, was. yeah but that, that's it and, and and like apart from that it was like there was some there was some really good acting like the people you pointed out yep i'd agree with that may the sister was probably the standout yeah um for me um and it was a good it was a good story but it wasn't there was nothing in there that you wouldn't necessarily expect from this kind of film because it's been done that in that many variations before indeed yeah even with the sort you know the bickering family trying to make amends on holiday kind of thing you know that that sort of thing we've we've seen before as well um okay so how are we going to score this one will i would be I would say that this I'm humming an arm between a seven and an eight, really. But I think because because I because it was noticeable, quite noticeable for me that editing. I think if that had been tightened up, it would be a solid eight. But I just think, you know, it, it wasn't, and it just annoyed me a little a little bit mm. because the rest of the film was more than competent. Um, can I give it a seven point five? <laughs> so a seven then will we yeah, don't do I, think, I know, I know. I'm only kidding. I think I think and I feel I feel a bit mean, but that it yeah, fuck it, give it an eight. Give it an eight. An eight. I'm, I'm, feeling, an, wow. I'm feeling I'm feeling no wait, what did we give an eight last week? What did we give an eight to last week? Uh solid rock west. Solid solid rock trust. This is nah I'm I'm gonna have to give it a seven then. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's not on that level. Well, no, I'm um, gonna have to give it a seven because the editing, everything else in that was so tight, and it's like mm. I've, I've moaned. If I moaned about it in this one, I can't really ignore it. It's just seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm actually gonna go a little bit lower. I'm gonna go with a six. Um, but they, they, I don't think so. No, I think this is pretty. <laughs> I think it's um, it's a solid enough film. So that's a six and a seven for Ash and Bone. Go check it out. Our next review is Nutcracker Massacre. Clara is a novelist who is cajoled by her stepmother to join her family for Christmas. There she finds a mysterious Nutcracker doll, which soon becomes possessed and wreaks havoc. 
Um, so this is a low budget British horror movie. Um, it's got a really weird in media res bit um, mm-hmm. at the beginning, which is played scene for scene later in yeah. the film. It is, it, it's, it's very, very strange. Um, but other than that, I kind of like this. It, it does take a little bit to get going, but um, there, there are some interesting moments. There's the whole um, sort of mythos around the Nutcracker. I thought they dealt with that quite in, quite well. Um, the costume for the nut, Nutcracker was pretty decent, especially like the way it changed with the demon teeth. Um, that, was, that was quite nice. It reminded me of sort of a Doctor Who kind of thing, admittedly. Um, the whole thing actually did remind me of like um, late Tom Baker, Doctor Who, um, you know, when they're sort of stuck within a, a small location. But um, there you go. Um, and, and there is one moment which is, for men at least, incredibly eye-watering, <laughs> um, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, Steve, did you see this one? I can't remember. Yeah, what did you make of Nutcracker Massacre? Unfortunately, I did see this one. It's <laughs> no, it was terrible. I'm sorry. I mean, I get, I get it's low budget, and it's basically two locations: the house and the shop. Mm-hmm. And but I thought the pacing was terrible. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. The acting was awful, especially the boyfriend, Paul. I mean, his performance was terrible. You know, he's supposed to be there trying to save her. And the, mm. mo- the most they can gather is Clara. You know, and it's like, he's, come on, mate, put, put some effort in for fuck's sake. You're absolutely right. This is a guy who's supposedly fighting for his relationship with this girl because he's cheated on her basically yeah a, um, one of the best mates yeah there's a scene late in where clara's stepsister saw it entraps him basically and you know he he goes after to sort of try to try and sort of go no no it's you know it's it's all a trick or something but he's got no passion there's you know, there's, there's, there. there's no conviction or anything in anything he says, uh, which, is, as you say, yeah, it's, it's quite annoying. Yeah. I mean, and obviously the other girl, she, she's such a spiteful, hateful character as well. Mm. I mean, I was cheering when she, when she bit the bullet to me. Um, you know, it, that's it, kind it, of, yeah, but that's kind of the point with that sort of character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But it, it was just ill conceived. Badly done, and it didn't really do anything for me at all. I mean, that is, I mean, the best bit is what you alluded to, you know, because the, it the, is, nut, the nuts and the nutcracker, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, re- yeah. they really go there, yes. Yeah. But that's, again, that's the only time they really do. Yeah. They could, they could, have, they could have done a bit more, you know, with yeah. that sort of thing. Um, Rich, what are, your, what are your initial thoughts on this one? Uh, what I thought was quite interesting was because they're covering this the same week as, as Bitch Ass and mm. they're both kind of similar. I mean, this mm. is a... Um, Bitch Ass was clearly influenced by sort of 80s, 90s slasher movies and I think the same is true here, um, especially, especially sort of 90s 
slasher mm. movies where you can sort of have a have a concept, have a hook, a character to sort of hang it on. Um, uh, so back in the nineties, we had films like Rumpelstiltskin, which oh, wasn't yeah. so, which wasn't so much of a slasher movie, but it was kind of in that vein. It kind of sort of the films were sort of copying Freddy Krueger and, and things like that. Um, and the, uh, there was one called The Fear, which was like like a wooden dummy. Uh, uh, I remember that one. Yeah, it's like an effigy yeah. sort of thing, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and so the same is kind of happening here. So we've got a, it's a film about killer nutcracker, but it's not a little nutcracker. It's a human-sized no. nutcracker, which which I was yeah. a little bit disappointed by when it's like, oh, it's actually like a person dressed up as a nutcracker. You know, it's a kind of big, yeah. which is kind of the only way you could probably do it unless you because uh, well, they could have done the doll because I think the, the same company that made this have made killer doll movies. I might be wrong, but you know, mm. there's a lot of companies of a similar budget. That do a lot mm. of the killer doll movies, so they could have easily done it as a small nutcracker. Could have done it, mm. um, but here that what they've decided to do is go like the slasher movie route um, uh, with a full size character. And I think some of it works, some of it doesn't. I think the one of the issues I had, you mentioned the transformation of the face. Mm. Yes, I like mm. the principle, but it's completely static. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Which, it's like uh, one yeah. scene. It just changes sort of like from one scene to the next, doesn't it? It's, yeah. There's no actual transformation, or you know, or animation. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah. move at all, uh, which bugs me a bit. But the same was true of the film Krampus, which was a massive budget Hollywood movie, mm. and the the and Krampus in that. I mean, this, I think this company made a Krampus movie as well, but um, Krampus in that is like a, a full sort of face uh, visual effects job kind of thing and that's barely and that barely moves either so mm. it's kind of the same thing so i was thinking well you know i can't really pull it too much up on that if, if even big budget movies are basically doing the same sort of sort of thing so uh, and and here they've got no money to work with so that's perfectly understandable um i like what they've tried to do with it anyway mm. but the uh so Patrick Bergen's in this, which is great. Uh, I think we yep. talked about him a week or two ago. Yeah, uh, in one of the throwbacks. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was he's oh yes, Devil's Prey. That's so, right. So we're a bit further down his career, obviously, with this one because this is um, this is it's, it, what, what I enjoyed about his performance in this mm. is there's a scene where he literally twirls his mustache, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I thought was really cool. And he's like literally. the. Uh, He's Russian in this, so he's, he's doing a you Russian. You know, his, his performance in this, it actually reminded me of um, a couple of films of Peter Cushing. There, oh, yeah. there's, there's a couple of films that I think it was Trigon. Um, did, there's one called Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, and I can't remember what the other one was called, but he played this, in one of them, he played like the owner of this um, like shop of curiosities kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you had people yeah. sort of coming in and buying something, and then that would spin out into like a horror short, you know, like a vignette mm. sort of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, that's what his character reminded me of is is that sort of like proprietor, of like you know, he knows that everything in this shop is probably cursed, and you know, going to going to, you know, um, bring bring bad will against somebody. But he's like, yes, of course, it's you know, it's a very cheap price, you know, that's that sort of character. Um, but yeah, no, I, I quite liked it. I must admit, it, it did remind me of those those sort of films. Yeah, and he that got role. the. Um, uh, I think it's from Beyond the Grave is the film that you're thinking of. Yeah, but it had yeah. Ian Ogilvy in one of the scenes. I think. Uh, Diana Dawes was also in that one. Mm. The um, uh, what was I going to say? So yeah, so actually, 
Patrick Bergen is top build, but he's yeah. actually more of an and. He's an Patrick and. Bergen. Yeah. He's an and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's not the main character. He does. He pops up every now and then. He again, a bit like with um, a couple of the other films we've talked about. He's in it more than you'd think he's going to be. Yeah, uh, I th- I thought yeah. that cap that appearance at the start was going to be it, and that was all we were going to get. <clears throat> so, in all fairness, yes, he's top billed misleadingly, but you do get enough Patrick Bergen. So I was pretty happy with the amount of Bergen that I got. I liked him. He's fun. He definitely. I mean, he's the best actor in the movie. You know, you can't oh, yeah. can't say he's not. You know, so there's nobody better. He's 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 a, he's a really he's got a great presence and stuff. You know, he's he's stuck in in a DTV movies and stuff, but he's he's still got that charisma and everything. He's he's a bit like a he's a bit like a DTV Liam Neeson. He's you know Liam Neeson mm. kind of has has managed to sort of stay in the big budget movies. Patrick Bergen unfortunately didn't. Um, uh, he's doing loads of, but he's doing you know he's. He's solid working actor, doing loads of stuff. He's he's in Renegades, yeah. I think, with um, Lee Majors and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing him in there. Always like seeing him. Uh, the rest of the cast, young cast, is um, is fine. You know that yeah, the that that sister, the, the obnoxious sister character. Or she's mm-hmm. not really obnoxious. Just she's just evil. She's just nasty. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that she playing the character as well as she can. You know they're all they're all doing fine with those particular roles. It's a slasher movie set in a house and stuff, so mm-hmm. there's there's very much budget sort of you know uh, budget and environment sort of constraints, which I think the film that actually deals with reasonably well. Uh, I I actually thought it was you know it is fun in that sort of throwback uh, slasher movie ish kind of way. The the Nutcracker scene. Um, with the with the with the, with all that that implies and stuff, that was kind of a it 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 was kind of a scene from a different version of that movie. Mm. You know, it's like they they've kind like of like a leftover page from an older script. So sort of. yeah, it's like it didn't really yeah. fit into the. Uh, I, I completely understood why it was there and why they you know, the, mm. it, but it was almost like it was like from a more comical horror movie than this mm. one actually is this is very straight and then it's kind of got this sort of gross outy kind of kind of bit in it um and i can't really say uh what is it yeah so i can't really there's not really a lot more to say about it than that i think if you if you like you know and, and support sort of low budget british movies british horror movies i should say um you'll like this it, it reminded it reminded me a lot of clown doll which um mm. the filmmaker previous uh, had made one of their massive slate they worked on that previously this recycles some of those elements uh but i thought this was better than clown doll yeah and uh i got i got one <laughs> i wouldn't say it's a, a grievance exactly but there's one particular scene which gave me severe case of deja vu and it, it is just one of the biggest cliches for any, any sort of horror movie there's a character who's, who's like the butler or something who goes yeah. down into the cellar. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know we see him, and it's like, oh, if 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 that's such and such, you know, this isn't very funny, you know, you know, sort of if you if that's such and such wearing a costume, it, and it's like the biggest cliche ever, of like, oh, you know, mistaking the the um, the creature for somebody you think who's who's gone missing or or something. And, and I just thought, you know, surely you can't claim credit for writing that scene. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? It's, it's just like, well, this is writing itself now, almost. But um, 
yeah, that, that, that scene stood out for the wrong reasons, unfortunately. How are you going to score this, Steve? I'm going to give it a five. A five? And Rich? Yeah, I think, you know, if, if, you're, if you're interested in it, I think it's worth a look. But, you know, it, it is a film that's that's got its problems. It's got its budget limitations and stuff. It's, mm. it's, it's not great, but it was better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I think a five is reasonable. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, you know, we, we have seen films of a similar budget which have managed to sort of, do, you know, pull, pull it off. This doesn't this is, quite get there, but... This it, is made by the director's Rebecca Matthews, who's, who's a couple of the previous, very, you know, they've done loads of films, but a couple of the previous ones that we've covered were uh, Witches of Amateurville, Academy, oh, yeah. and oh, uh, Exorcist Vengeance. Yeah. Um, which are, both of which I enjoyed on a similar level, I would say. Yeah, I think I, think I, think so. I don't mind the movies that she's making with um, her company. Uh, I, I think I don't flock to them, you know. That's, mm. but, I, but I don't mind watching one every now and again, especially if if there's an yeah, association with with, uh, with a certain Tom Jolliffe. Isis <laughs> is vengeance. Did we, did we cover that one? Didn't? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one with yeah, Robert Bronzy. In Robert Bronzy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I still want to see the Gardener, which she also did with uh, with oh. Gary Daniels and Bronzy. Okay. So, um, I'm, I, I don't expect that's going to be a great action movie, but I'm very curious to see what it's like. It's um, it's not yet. It is available, but it's not yet made its way to like Prime or anything as a, as like a free to view for subscribers kind of deal, which is what I'm more inclined to to watch it as but yeah it's got a great poster that one and uh your ass is grass is the is the tagline so uh, the, the whole bronzy daniels thing i right. love i love the concept uh, and and she co-directed that one with scott jeffrey who was the guy who say did a uh, clown doll and stuff they work together a lot oh, yeah. those two mm-hmm. um they've certainly i think they've done great i can't remember them if, if it's um what which one's there because i get all the production companies mixed up there's yeah. like proportion and champ dog and, and, and stuff. And I'm, I, I don't want to say which one I think that theirs is, but the, um, mm. they've definitely got like this niche mm-hmm. and they, they, they seem to get a certain amount of money. They turn out a movie and, and uh, they, they, they're getting out several, they're putting for a dis- different distribution channels. Some of them turn up on like YouTube and things as like ABOD, mm-hmm. but what they're doing is working, isn't it? I mean, they're, they're clearly getting the view yeah. and you know, the, I think that's, um, that's something to be sort of supported where possible and enjoyed. And, you know, they're only going to grow as filmmakers, I think, especially with the amount of work that they're actually doing. I think we're going to see if they can stick yeah. around in the business. I think we're going to see them doing bigger and better things. Absolutely. Yeah. So this, this, you know, this, this does have its moments. It does sort of fall into a few, you know, sort of trap, um, trap falls. What am I looking for? Pitfalls. 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 Um, you know, a bit, a bit of sort of lazy genre sort of stuff now and again, but yeah, I, I did enjoy elements of this for sure. Um, so I think, yeah, three fives is, is a fair score for Nutcracker Massacre. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is speed dating after losing a bet with a friend. Emma is coerced into attending a speed dating evening. This event is as bad as she expected until she meets Suave Julian, but any chance of romance is scuppered by the arrival of a gang of assassins searching for a secret agent. Um, Okay, so this is written and directed 
by Jean-Paul Lyre, um, a guy who we at the DTV Digest really admire. Um, anytime he pops up in anything, he, he enlivens uh, proceedings a lot. And it's, it's really surprising to see him purely behind the camera, Rich, on this one. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I thought he'd like cameo or something, but we don't see him at all, do we? Mm, no, which is uh, surprising. And, you know, I, I think he does a brilliant job with the script of this, the, the that opening montage where she sat with these various guys, I thought was really, really well done. You know, the editing and, and the actual sort of dialogue, I thought worked really well. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, because yeah. he's, he's written it exclusively uh, by himself, yeah. I think. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's not the kind of, it's not what you'd think. I no. mean, it certainly wasn't what I thought going in. I was like, oh, John Paul Lye, you know, Action I was expecting something much it's... more meat-headed, you know, so, uh, admittedly, but this this has nuance. It has, yeah. you know, panache. Basically, it, you know, it, it's got a proper wrong foot here. It's it like really a, it's not yeah. it, you, it, when you start, you're like, oh, I feel like I'm watching the wrong film here because yeah, yeah, coming in with certain expectations. Hmm. Um, Steve, what do you what do you what do you think of this one? I really enjoyed this actually. Um, it's. Like you say, it's um, that first montage, you know, sets the scene really well, mm. gives it that bit of a comic vibe. And a bit like Savage Justice, the second half is just like, you know, action, yeah. action scenes, but it works really, really well. Uh, I thought the, the choreography was absolutely brilliant. And it just works really, really well. I mean, I wouldn't, mind seeing it made into you know feature length you know mm-hmm. a bit longer a bit more more time with the characters and stuff even, even the characters i thought were really decent as well because sometimes when it's like this it's just like an action scene and you don't really get into the characters or anything like that but with this one i thought it really did yeah i totally agree it, it gives it gives its characters you know sort of some um you know, it gives them the time to sort of breathe a bit and you know, get get to know them. It, it's it's not like art house dropouts where you're literally straight into a fight fight school. Sorry, art school dropouts, uh, straight into a fight scene. Um, and and you know, the humour works really really well. Um, for yeah. So, you know, I, I love those. You know, the guy at the beginning where he's going, oh yeah, I got my first yacht when I was eighteen. I like to play golf off <laughs> off it. Yeah. The golf balls at the whales or something like that. You know, all that sort of stuff. I just thought it was very funny. Even even the guy who was like more interested in another girl on another table, you know, mm. uh, that, that just sort of rang really true for some reason. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was really really well done. That, those bits. I suppose really, the only thing is it is so obvious who the protagonist is. Yeah. If you see what I mean, you know. They, yeah. Um, you know, they, they do a reasonable job of setting up Julian, but um, really, we, we all know who, yeah. who we're meant to be rooting for, you know, um, and, and let's face it, no no, 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 no male uh, secret agent is ever going to call themselves the Silver Fox, unless they're no. Pierce Brosnan and, and 50 years old, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's going to be like the Red Wolf or something. It's not going to be Silver Fox. It's, you know, it does sound kind of a bit more sort of uh, delicate, shall we mm. say. Um, the choreography, I absolutely loved in this. There, there, there's yeah. a couple of bits in particular. Um, there's a bit where 
she shoots a guy in the leg to sort of basically yeah. stop and she only does it to, to immobilize him to stop him from moving so then he's in the perfect line of sight for her to use him as a shield yeah it, it's just re- i actually yeah. replayed it replayed it it's like yeah she's done it you know to stop him right there right, i need you to stop there so I shoot you in the leg and then uses him as shield um the yeah, style it, of it really reminded me of like john wick to be fair mm-hmm. you know like yeah. the gunplay and yeah it's not like one guy. shot and you're done it's like no i'm gonna put like yeah. three bullets in you to make sure you don't move yeah. Yeah, i like that yeah, I like that stuff. There's there's a there's a bit where she's basically kicks a, you know she holds a guy to the wall with a foot while she shoots yeah. him. You know that sort of thing is is just really really well done. Um, I, I, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure you did as well, Rich. Yeah, and say it it sort of addressed one of the things that I have one of the accusations I have some uh, problems I sorry have with some short action films in that it's just kind of a fight scene and you don't really get sort of any build up or character development mm. and sort of wrap around and this is like a fully rounded kind of thing and it's actually it it's so it does it so it does it so well with sort of the establishing the speed dating sort of start part of it you know it's a, it's a, mm. sort of a bit like something like that bar fight movie that we saw you know it's kind of like they're in a they're in a, in she uh, the lead character played by Eloise uh, Lovell Anderson is at this speed dating event and establishing her you know sort of interact you know her mindset and sort of her, you know her way of being and sort of her, her tired you know she's here but sort of under duress is like, oh i don't really want to be here kind of thing and ha- having to deal with all these people who really are not very interesting at all and stuff and the film spends it's 13 minutes long and it spends several minutes of of that running time with that with that plot so and i i, I was watching it thinking it's that wait when you're going to get to the fireworks factor or when's the mm-hmm. shoe going to drop kind of thing because yeah. it was um, I'm borrowing that fireworks factory from from you, Mike, because yeah. uh, that's the expression that you always it works really you've, well. You've stuck that yeah. in my head now. But you know, when's you're thinking this is a John Paul Lye film? When's the action going to kick in? How's it going to kick in? And then it kind of becomes a different thing mm. after a first after the first few minutes, which I think is fine. It's got this kind mm. of setup, and then it kind of do, moves in a different direction, which is good because we've already done all yeah. the character setup and stuff. And then the, that's kind of the the middle part bit, and then establishing okay. Where are we? Where are we going to go? Who's the who's actually the main character? Who's going mm. to lead the action? And how's that going to unfold and and whatnot? And I thought that all worked really well. Um, uh, Anderson is. I'm amazed that this is like one of the only credits she's got. Certainly as a lead mm. performer, but yeah. I've, I've looked at her IMDb, and unless there's stuff hidden away uh, that's not listed there, she's not done a huge amount. Um, but it's but she's got credits going back to the Steven Seagal film Out for a Kill. Apparently, but Ooh, yeah. she doesn't seem like she's old enough that she would have actually been in that because that yeah. was twenty years ago. So um, I'm a that's that's a bit of an odd one. So whether that mm. I'm I'm curious to, to go back and check the check the film on that. But um, she's great. Um, she uh, she's she works. With, the film reminded me of um, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith and yep. uh, uh, that. and uh, Night and Day. Although I haven't seen Night and Day, but mm. it's that kind of. True life, something like that, sort of. Thing. Yeah, it's yeah. that kind of rom-com action kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, where, where you know somebody's got like uh, secrets and and mm-hmm. you know secret skill sets and stuff that come into play and and all that. And I think actually, I I didn't like Mr. and Mrs. Smith to be honest. It wasn't really my no. cup of tea. But and I haven't seen Night and Day, but I have seen a Bang Bang, which is the Bollywood version. 
uh, with Rajit right. Roshan, which is which was quite fun. Um, but yeah, I like this. This is called part one, so I'm very interested to see um, if yeah. he's gonna if he's just sort yeah. of whether he's got a part two ready, whether it's sort of gonna gauge mm. interest and see how it does, because you know this has got good production values, yeah. and they've you know like a lot of these short films, they're being put out on YouTube or something. They've they've got to get the money from somewhere. So mm. um, uh, what what what's this? What's the grand plan? Is it like a, a is he hoping to make like a series? You know, could it be like a multi-part series? Is there a potential film development? What's great about this one is it, it's not like a proof of concept where it just yeah, yeah. leaves leaves everything yeah. too open and unresolved. It's a it's a very self-contained story with the potential to go further. Yeah, uh, yeah. And there's that. I don't know if you stuck around for the mid-credits scene, mm. but there's like a there's like a lead-in for like a next part mm -hmm. in no, there. No, I missed that one. Uh, which was which was oddly. Oddly similar to actually Mad Heidi's conclusion, so <laughs> uh, thematically. But uh, yeah, liked it a lot, um, and I can see uh, around like the Twitter and everything, it's getting a lot of attention. Yeah, Paul has got such a great reputation. Night Shooters, in particular, if nobody's seen it, is the one that I would say I've never seen. Uh, Prey, uh, the in, was it in Cambodian film? Uh, the, um, was it Jailbreak? Jailbreak, jailbreak, sorry. Yeah. Jailbreak. Prey, uh, Prey was from the same makers as Jailbreak, yeah, yeah, wasn't it? But yeah. Jailbreak is the one, yes. Ja sorry. Jailbreak is superb. Yeah. I do need to see that. It's um, slow budget, but it is really, really good. I liked yeah. also seeing uh, Laurent Plans... I'm probably going to butcher his name. Uh, Laurent Plansal, who uh, is his sort of cohort, does a lot of stuff like the Division short film that he mm -hmm. did with him, uh, and A Care, the Ross Peacock movie. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, he turns up in it. And also Phoebe Robinson... Um, from uh, I Am Vengeance Retaliation. Mm. I enjoyed seeing her. She was also mm. in Black Sight, which we covered on the throwback yeah, a while yeah. back and stuff. So, I, you know, she's a performer I enjoy seeing. Um, it's great. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's one of the, you know, one of the top action shorts of the year, I would say. You can tell we like this one because we've talked about this probably as much as we have any other film in, on tonight's show. Um, <laughs> so, so there you go. We don't score the shorts. But we certainly recommend you check them out and you'll find a link to this in the footnotes below. Please go check it out. Spread the word. Our DTV throwback this week is Santa's sleigh. Santa Claus is actually a demon who lost a bet with an angel and is forced to become the giver of toys and happiness for a thousand years. But when that time is up, all bets are off and he returns to his evil ways. I didn't know what to make of this. You know, I, well, that's, that's wrong. Going into this thing, I was, uh, um, because sort of Christmas themed horror movies haven't really done it for me, I must admit. Um, even though I liked Once Upon a Time at Christmas, admittedly. But going into this one, I thought, oh, what's this going to be like? And I have to admit, I had a blast with this. Um, absolute loved it. Um, you've got Bill Goldberg, you know, WWE um, wrestler, um, as Santa Claus. I thought he was absolutely superb. Uh, you know, this, this we've got the kid who finds out that he's, you know, everything about Santa, that everything you know about Santa is wrong. You know, it's, it's almost like a, <laughs> a lead into like, you know, one of these sort of clickbait things. But um, yeah, I, I, I thought this was a lot of fun. I have to say, um, Steve, did, had you seen this before? Heard of it? Um, 
No, actually. Um, I, but I, yeah, I had a blast with it as well. It was really just dumb, stupid fun. And but it, even though, yeah, it was. It was silly. It was daft. I mean, I liked how the way the the Goldberg was basically using his wrestling moves mm. to kill people. You know what I mean? It was. It wasn't turn into some martial artist or anything. He was actually using moves that he'd use in everyday life or whatever like that, you know. And mm. I actually like the story as well, you know, how he was a demon and how he became Santa and how he it was a bet with an angel and you know the angel turned out to be the kid's granddad and how it actually worked. It, it, it was quite clever in the way. Know, it's a bit of a stupid B-movie, but it did work. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, the story actually worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was nice to see... I can never... Is it Emilia Raven from Lost as a, well, as a kid? All yeah. right. Um, I didn't know she'd done anything before Lost, really. And um, Oh, shit. Also, interestingly, it was produced by Brett Ratner as well. Yes, that that was interesting. Yeah. Now, was this like before rush hour and stuff, or after? No, no, this is way after. Definitely, definitely after. Yeah. Yeah. This was two thousand five. This was made. Yeah, yeah. It just seemed a bit low budget for something that he'd been involved in at that time. Hmm. You know, I don't know. Maybe just stuck his name to it. I don't know, but I I think that's probably more of a yeah that kind of thing i think he's just sort of lent his uh i don't know if it was his production company or something that that did it but yeah it was... hmm. well yeah no really enjoyable i thought the kills were quite interesting as well basically um, the, 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 from what i'm seeing on the you know the director david steinman mm. he worked on rush hour 2 and right. uh, a couple of other Bratner, uh, sorry, a couple, a couple of other Ratner projects. So he was uh, on Red Dragon. He's listed as Mr. Ratner's assistant. Ah, uh, right, okay. So yeah. and and Family Man as well. So yeah, he was an assistant. It looks like he was Brett Ratner's assistant for several oh, years, yeah. and now he's been sort of given this opportunity to now to do, direct. Do, can anyone tell me what the connection is with um, James Khan? Because I was really shocked to see James Khan turn up in uh, as you know the beginning yeah. of the film. Well, you got like a cameo-laden sort of pre-credits sequence, haven't you? Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, James Khan sort of like leading the the table, the family dinner. Yeah. Uh, Fran Drescher and, um, and uh, Chris Kattan, is it? And uh, yeah, and Rebecca Gayart as well. Oh yes, yes, of course. Yeah. 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 So uh, j- quite. What I don't know why J- James Khan was it. I mean, James Khan's done all sorts of stuff. But, oh uh, yeah, absolutely. It was great. Yeah. It was great to to see. I'd forgotten he was in it actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, well, it's, it's you know he's there for that one. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's like an opening. Yeah. It's a yeah. sort of a cameo, Skip. sort of scene setter, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, this this was a lot of fun. Um, Robert Culp was really good as as as, yeah, as Granddad. Yeah. So, so, so Saul Rubinek. Um, you know, the cast um, is excellent. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it was yeah. really good. But the funniest scene, I mean, he, he got um, Emily De Raven, as you say, um, as a sort of you know the girlfriend. Um, and you know, she comes from this family of like of hunters. Oh <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> and she comes around with some. It was a you know roadkill wolverine or something. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
And he just see him, he opens the tin foil and he just hear the flies and he sort of closes it. <laughs> and I just thought that was brilliant. Um, but yeah. and then, Near the end, where she bumps into her dad and all that, all his hunting buddies, <laughs> yeah, shooting sanded out and stuff like that. But I like, I like that, you know, because usually the, you know, the love interest is sort of like the, you know, just you know, little Miss Perfect kind yeah. of thing, and, and they sort of it made, made, gave her this sort of like, you know, redneck sort of like streaks, you know, this sort That's of, true, um, yeah. yeah, which just. You know this sort of very earthy kind of background, which which yeah it endeared the character even more. I think. Mm. Yeah, so this was uh, I think this is a kind of a little gem of a movie. It's like it's really fast paced. It's it's less than an hour and twenty minutes long, mm. uh, and you know you never get bored. It's it's kind of spoofy, but not too spoofy. It's kind of um, it's got um, it's got a lot of j- jokes in it that land quite well, as you say, with like the roadkill. Yeah. Um, uh, pie and stuff like that. But Goldberg, I was, I, I wanted to see this when I heard about it because I'm, I became a, kind of a Goldberg fan after seeing him in Universal Soldier: The Return. So this was kind of a, a big sort of central leading role for him, which I think he fitted really well. Um, mm. The action is really good. It's the action's all done by Andy Cheng, who's one of the best oh, guys. Yeah. US uh, US Seals Two, uh, the uh, the Rundown for The Rock. Welcome to the Jungle. The um, He's done loads of fantastic work. And I think his style, his sort of the martial arts sort of stuff that he does and working that with Goldberg's wrestling skills and stuff just produces some really, really good story. It's not an action movie or anything, but they do, they work some really nice... It's a physical film. Physical, yeah. yeah, Really nice physical uh, confrontation stuff in. Goldberg's sort of going for it. it, That works really well. Um, the cast is fantastic, as we've said. So Robert Culp and stuff. It's not. It's kind of lots of people. Like, oh, it's him and stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. Saul Rubinek and whatnot. Um, the the only sort of weak point is the sort of uh, the the boy the boy who's the lead character, which is a kind of a problem with a lot with some of these movies where you put mm. this young teenager at the heart of the movie who's not a very experienced actor, and you know he's just not. He's he's fine, but he's he, ve- he is very much outshone by. Uh, Emily de Raven uh, as his, mm. his say love interest she she kind of gets more she's she's much more of a spark the spark here of the two characters but b- because these movies sort of tend to focus on a a male character they, they kind of we've kind of got this kind of wet lettuce sort of lead mm. and stuff but there's, there's some nice stuff and there's loads of world building it's a shame there isn't maybe there is a sequel but I don't think there is but it's, there's there's so much world building with all this you know, they, they, everything's very heavy-handed as well. It's like they live in a town called Hell, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because uh, he because he was told to go to Hell, so he actually went to Hell. And mm. they've got names like Yulson or something. Uh, the characters, what was what's, I can't remember what the name of the Yule. Yeah, they are called the Yulson family, and and yeah. they, they've got they're like um, guardians of, of of something or whatever. There's there's, there's all this stuff. Um, Dave Thomas is in there as pa- as as the pastor who's um, who's going out going out to strip clubs and stuff. There's um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, yeah it's, it all it all cracks along at a nice pace. Uh, I I. I saw. I imported it because it, it had no sign of a UK release at the time. I think it took about three years to actually get a UK release, mm. and I didn't realise it had. It was like two thousand eight. Actually, came out, and um, I went back. I love. I liked it more uh, seeing it this time around. I think it's. It hasn't aged really. Uh, it works really well, and seeing it on the back of Violent Night, 
what's quite interesting mm. is there's some DNA that's similar. I think there's um, yeah. I was in particular. I, I, I there's, thought, a, but yeah, there's, I, I, there's one moment in it actually that violent. I don't know if violent Knight took it intentionally or coincidentally or as a homage or whatever. But there's a bit where um, Santa sucks Kane and makes it sharp. Yes, to attack someone right, with it. Uh, yeah, 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 and they do, and the exact same thing is done. In a, and also in Violent Night, obviously there's the, there's that sort of uh, well, it's made by eight seven eleven, so there's that same kind of uh, physicality of the sort of throwing mm. around the MMA sort of moves and and stuff as 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 is sort of teased in in this movie. So it's kind of a proto Violent Night, but much more leaning into the comedy yeah. than the sort of the yeah. I mean, Violent Night is 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 very comical as well, but um, it does it, it's not as sort of dark and me i mean this is a you could say this is a little bit mean-spirited but i think it's it's much more playful and sort of comical a bit more gremlinsy i think and yeah. Uh, yeah i think um this is one of one of my favorites there's there's a lot of christmas horror movies and and stuff out there and uh you know sint is another one i'd highlight as as, as well worth your time oh, yeah. Dutch one one. Yeah, yeah. but um yeah santa sleigh is 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 one of those films that i think practically nobody's heard of uh, really, uh, no. unless they're a wrestling fan, and uh, uh, it's you know, spend an hour and twenty minutes. I don't think you'll regret it. Absolutely. And that is the end of this week's show. So thanks to Steve and Rich for joining me this evening. I think, um, you know, for, for the last regular show of the of the year, I think um, a pretty decent sort of smattering of films we've had. Yeah, we've had a. Yeah. We'll be we'll be back to talk about the year in in our next episode. But uh, mm-hmm. I think as as a as a quick sign off, I think yeah, I think this is a a pretty good batch that we've had. I think so. Week. We've had a lot, mm. yeah, lot, lot to talk about, which is always good. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Also check us out at the um, the short shots where Rich puts a new short link up every evening around about eight o'clock. Uh, otherwise, uh, Merry Christmas, everyone, and tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time. <laughs>